Can you hear that, Hasita? My brand new leather bound 2023 planner is here. Okay. Firstly, where's mine? And secondly, where's mine? <laughs> what are you doing with your own planner? <laughs> so unfair. No, it's 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 so personal, Hasita. It's like, you know, it's not an easy decision. There's so much of search that goes behind choosing the planner for the next year. And then the next year, you get to do the research all over again. So that's fun too. But it brings me great joy to say, okay, this year is done and dusted. And then I get a clean slate and fresh new pages. And I can start putting my thoughts together and uh, planning for the next year. So now that the planner is here, what's for 2023, Suva? I think uh, 2022 was a good year that... Uh, helped me find focus it helped me drop distractions it helped me say okay this is what I want to be doing and these are the kind of assignments I want to take up and now that I know that and I now that I have a much better sense of my audience so to speak let me figure out how to reach them in the most optimal way yeah 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 I think uh that that's the important distinction to make right to know that yes i have a good product or i have a good service and now i'm really ready for more people to find out about it and benefit from it and yes of course eventually there is a financial component to it uh, and it's interesting that we are kind of having this conversation in the context of a year like 2023 because apparently investors top concern now is not inflation but it's recession and that should kind of tell us something at least about the general mood of the world, right? Like a recession is not so much that will 100% come to pass in a certain way, but the fact that it exists on the horizon and in some ways you're hedging a bet on growing your business in that uh, economic context. Yeah, no, it's true. I I get it. And recession is, is gloomy days for sure. Maybe in a way it um, makes me think that all the more reason why I need to plan, right? All the more reason because uh, resources are always limited, right? Mm. Let's admit that. And maybe in the coming year, opportunities will also be uh, limited. So I need to really grab what comes my way for which I need to attract the right opportunities. Absolutely. I think you're spot on. In the context of marketing uh, or in general, any kind of function that you're running uh, that is business critical, it's not so much the idea that A, you pause it or you kind of, you know, cut back severely on it. Uh, on the other hand, it's also not that you start trying new things and, you know, you start experimenting. Somewhere you have to find that balance between doing those two in a way that gives you some outcomes over a period of time. And that's the tricky bit, right? Because what is recession? Recession is fear, essentially, which means that I may reduce my purchases from places and people and businesses and services that I don't fully know or I don't have a reasonable opinion to make a decision on. Right. So this is exactly the time when I think the potential of all the good work that you've done in the past uh, will come to fruition. And we will see more and more of that consolidation happening, I think, through this year, wherein businesses that have invested the time, the money, the energy into being present in a consistent manner over a period of time, uh, definitely they'll see uh, some significant benefit. Sure, sure. No, I'd, I'd love to obviously pick your brain on what putting together that marketing plan should really look like uh, because you know 
every time I think about it, you know, I, I sound all gungo and ready and you know empty planner pages. Uh, it's still quite a bit of a, a a blank screen in front of me. Like, where do I start? Right. In fact, I'll just kind of uh, you know riff off on what you just said. And somebody once said that a writer's block is not so much that I'm not able to write. It's that I don't have enough information to begin writing with, right? And I think a lot of planning also uh, can sometimes feel like that, that you have all the tools, you have the good intent. Uh, so why is it not, you know, why is the plan not materializing right then and there? So let's, yeah, dive deep into that and uh, really talk about, you know, if I had these 12 months and uh, in the context of whatever is happening around the world, uh, and I'm a business that's, you know, kind of trying to succeed in that environment, what could I do, right? Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. New year, new us, I'd like to believe. And this time we are discussing what you should put or you shouldn't put into your marketing plan for 2023. I think that serves as a reasonably sufficient introduction. So let's just dive into the meat of the topic, shall we? Let's, let's. And I think we've got quite a bit to cover and quite a bit on my mind for sure. Um, and to start with just this notion you know, okay, I'm going to put together a marketing calendar. And hence, the first thing that comes to mind is content. Right. And I think, you know, content today has started to take so many shapes and forms. It's It, it used to be a few years ago when I started out that when you said content, the only thing that you really meant was blog post. True. And let's kind of call back to the four pillars of digital marketing as we see it, right? There's content, there's brand, there's analytics, and there's advertising, right? And adver by advertising, I mean paid push and whatever paid marketing that you run. And uh, I don't think that they are all in independent of each other, right? So it's not only a content plan. It's not only a brand plan. It's that all of these things are going to come together and maybe you're placing more emphasis on content or maybe you're placing more emphasis on you know what is known as performance marketing at this point in time and in your context especially Suba you have done a lot of content for many many years I think in some ways you could be called the first mover in the content marketing space and sure I mean we did it with whatever limited knowledge and you know resources we had over a period of time but the fact is that until, you know, 2022 rolled around, monthly you were able to put out three, four blogs, you were able to put out newsletters, you had some, you know, kind of social media distribution going. And that kind of broke in 2022 for a variety of reasons, right? So are you really starting from scratch? I don't think so. So in that sense, I think any business, right, I feel like whether you've put it out there as a blog post or whether you've just kept it in internal, like a pitch document or a case study, we are all sitting on piles and piles of content. I think this is something that it's very important we realize at this point in time because uh, sometimes starting from scratch can feel like a lot. Very true. And, you know, I just, um, I'm thinking out loud, as you said, uh, or as you pointed out the four pillars, content, brand, advertisement. And I never really considered analytics as a, I have so much content out there. Shouldn't one of the first things that, to see what worked right so and you just kind of go ahead and repurpose some of it and say that he historically over the last you know maybe not the last 12 months but if I've published a blog post some five six years ago uh, how can I make it more contextual 
right so obviously content from 5 6 years ago may no longer be relevant but if it's a good topic say it's it, you know it talks about delegation it talks about time management it maybe talks about your performance and how to evaluate that over a period of time then you want to be able to repurpose that for the modern context you know uh, what does time management mean in a world where we are constantly connected with each other right or what does delegation mean in the context of you know gig work for example so i think it's more of creating relevance in your content than saying hey now i have to write an entire blog post from scratch right so maybe that mindset shift will kind of sometimes help us uh because we are not taking on another full time job we are just kind of communicating what is already in our hands yeah yeah no i think that's that's so true that many times uh, we shy away from it or we start to sometimes even just um, resent it a bit because it feels like hey you've given me one more full time job and i've already got three yeah. like how am i going to do this also exactly in fact i'll go one step further and say this is also the reason why we outsource it most of the time we are not really outsourcing for expertise we are outsourcing because we don't have the time and the quality of that work i think we all can kind of uh, you know see where that would go isn't it yeah no and outsourcing for um, you know sometimes we're just too close to it right like for me to be able to see uh, why a topic didn't work or why a certain approach to uh, putting something out there didn't work it it gets difficult after a period of time especially after putting in a lot of energy into it or really uh, maybe sometimes it comes from a very personal space and you worry and then you it's not received uh, as much as you hoped you do need other voices to give you that objective uh, uh, thought process that hey you know this is this is who you are and this is what you're trying to put out there and can we plan it this way or that way and uh, what are the different ways in which we can put it out there exactly i think what you've uh, essentially spoken about suva is the sum total of a brief document right and uh, this is exactly why uh, especially creative professionals need a brief to work with uh i have myself seen the difference between you know work that is produced when there is enough context and work that's produced without said context right uh in fact uh, we shall add a link to a brief template perhaps in the show notes because it's a very important starting point for you to get thinking uh it's not just about hey i have i done and i think we've definitely really moved away from that world of saying hey have i done four blogs this month uh the search algorithm is not behaving like that anymore and i think we all know that people are not behaving like that anymore so why should we then be governed by the same old thinking around seo right no very true i think uh, um many times you you're kind of expecting the person or the agency or the freelancer to be a bit of a mind reader yeah, yeah. Uh, because you can see it and you can feel it and you're wondering you know despite spending 2 hours on a zoom call with you why don't you get it but it comes down to a a very good brief document or or in whichever way you want to give it but it has to it has the message has to get across and it forces you to think too exactly so true so true right because otherwise how will you find that alignment mm. right and honestly you as a coach in the business suba will have a lot more context than any writer who's worked with you for any quantum of time right because we simply do not have visibility into the same conversations that you're having and in that sense the brief is meant to solve for that problem 
right? To say that, hey, this is how my customers usually talk to each other, right? This is the tone they use. These are the examples they talk about. These are the newsletters they discuss. You know, these are the content pieces that they follow. Now, I or anybody for that matter as an external uh, creative professional is only going to be able to look into it only that much, right? So my reference point is my years and years and years of secondary knowledge gained via Google and whatever else I could find. So that's where I think it's a way of meeting in the middle, really. That's what a brief document uh, can really help you do. So, and it's not just blogs, you know, tomorrow you produce any kind of interactive content. Uh, also, I think it's important that we stop looking at content as only the written content, right? Yes, writing is definitely an easy way to communicate, but it's not the only way. So say tomorrow somebody, you know, uh, uh, for example, a podcast could be a part of somebody's marketing plan, right? So you cannot outsource a podcast. I think we both can kind of blanket agree that that's just not possible. No, no, I think, yeah, it's... Uh, it but I think what it has done for us is that it has helped us um, expand our universe of the content that we're producing, right? right. So it, it helps you kind of give your own thoughts a new perspective. It's it's very different, one, when you're putting it into words versus when you're saying it out loud. And we, you know, both of us are feeling the pressure to also now think about video as a content uh, platform and uh, rightly so because they're, they're and I think Sasita, somewhere it comes down to also being topical relevant and in the medium that your audience enjoys it right right and speaking of media I think uh, Subha honestly I know it's difficult to accept even for the two of us but the fact is that video is probably here to stay Right. I'm just kind of comparing in terms of, you know, the reels that I enjoy sometimes and the kind of, you know, content that I'm just sometimes mindlessly consuming. Net net, it's all coming down to video. Even on YouTube, you know, I'm like a passionate viewer of the YouTube shorts. So why then do I believe that anybody else will behave differently, right? And I think we are also thinking very deeply about videos. So, I mean, if somebody is already comfortable doing it, I think they should just go for it and, uh, you know, put good content out there. That baseline will always stay. Uh, but at the same time, how do you, like, you have a limited budget, right? And the harder something is to produce, the costlier it's going to be. Right. So a written piece may still be relatively cheaper than a podcast episode may still be relatively cheaper than a video based piece of content. Right. So A is to really not make it a skill that is specific to one person or one individual. Right. So don't just kind of, you know, say that, hey, this is my agency's job and therefore I will just let them run with it. Also think about what kinds of, you know, videos firstly you can produce at this point in time. And secondly, if you're going to be producing it, do you want it to be fun? Do you want it to be topical? Do you want it to be short format, long format? So these are all things that can be decided internally based on your budgets, right? And at the same time also, not to forget the fact that all these things have to serve a purpose. Right. So it's, I mean, sure, we all get very excited. I think definitely in the launching of season one, there was a certain excitement born of ignorance, maybe, which comes season two, it's kind of consolidated, right? Like we know exactly what it takes to produce an episode, right? So in that context, I would also kind of encourage people and, you know, all of us for that matter, to think about where in the customer journey is this whole thing falling, 
right because let's be honest none of us want to speak into a void no i mean tomorrow if nobody listened to this then my motivation to produce it would be far lesser than it what it is today so in that context say for example a podcast could be a great awareness channel right so maybe 20 people have discovered you and some of them may even have turned into business opportunities so you have early proof of concept i would probably not then invest too much money and effort into thinking hey how do i make this 200 300 400 at least in the next year because i know it's not looking good the year is looking a little bleak why can i not take the 20 that are already listening to me and think about what value can i exchange with them in exchange for money which is what business is right so it could be that maybe not everybody is ready for my services as they are at this point in time but i'm sure some more people would be ready for some other service which i'm already in a position to offer i think that's really the way to think about marketing it's not really separate from you know the business function itself it's marketing product marketing product i think they are constantly kind of you know uh, doing that dance with each other yeah yeah no i get it it's kind of falling into place and so i guess my next question would be that okay now i've you know thought about brand and or rather there is awareness of the brand that i want to put out there and who the audience is and then uh, i'm looking at okay i have existing content i want to repurpose there's new stuff i want to say uh, which are the channels medium etc etc then what like like what do i do because you know what which platform do i choose and what is is there really like how detailed does that calendar get yeah i mean see a calendar again has to be a roadmap for you so it has to get as detailed as would as it would make you comfortable getting into action mode right so some of us may want that high level general sense of okay this is what we are doing for the next 3 months or 4 months some of us may need a little more uh, cohesion in terms of saying hey on wednesday i'm doing this on thursday i'm doing this so in that sense i think it's to each their own in many ways and the only thing that you should think about while building a calendar is will this support me or will this overwhelm me really and tactically speaking in terms of platforms i think we are all very cognizant of the fact fact that every platform is crowded right especially platforms like facebook and instagram i think already we are seeing uh, how difficult it is to break through purely from an organic standpoint and the ads are not really getting cheaper by the day the more crowded your market is i think you end up spending more and more uh, purely on advertising so my point is this right if you know that your customer is here say my customer spends 2 hours on instagram every day it's a hypothesis that you may have based on your own behaviors and what you've observed might as well put that money into ads and find out as all i would say right so there's no way to really get away from this and say no i know my customers here i'm also here but i'm not going to push for anything beyond organic is a little i think it's a dream scenario it's not going to happen right at the same time you can also say that hey my customer has nothing to do with instagram uh, even remotely net net they are not you know spending a minute thinking about business when they are on instagram so then i want to maybe invest on linkedin right and linkedin as we all know is a very different platform i mean sure you can advertise and a lot of people do advertise it's highly recommended but that's not where you begin right so as an awareness channel or purely from an organic standpoint if there's one platform that's still giving you the space to say hey you put good content out there and more and more people will see it i think today that's still linkedin right so which is why we see you know all kinds of people all kinds of businesses are moving to that platform as well yeah i think uh, you know i've definitely made uh, 
stronger inroads into uh, honestly my own comfort on linkedin more than anything right uh, to be and to understand it a little better as to uh, and i think the, uh, you know coming back to my earlier question as to how detailed the content plan has to be i think it has to be flexible enough to allow you to say okay this worked this didn't i'll add more of this i'll take away some of this right and uh, and, and that's where i do also uh, you know if i have outsourced to an agency um i would appreciate their thinking on it you know their thought processing hey this seems to have worked for you do more do less etc exactly right and that's where i think it's a true partnership and i would go one step further and say that you know inflexibility really makes itself most apparent in an agency client relationship right because it, the fact is that there are two very different physical offices and you know you're working in your own um, kind of echo chambers at some point so which is where i think um, to be honest is it a weekly call is it a monthly report is it something else i think that's a rhythm that each you know agency and client have to find with each other uh, because we do service clients who expect weekly calls and we also have clients who are happy with the monthly report and they are taking decisions based on that right so but do ask is the whole i think uh, takeaway from here and that's true for both us as agencies and the client as well to say that hey can you give me some visibility into what's working because i'm planning for the next quarter right uh, if you tell me that instagram needs an x budget then that budget is going to come at the expense of something else so you tell me what i can sacrifice so that i can put that budget into you know whatever it is that you're recommending and this is where i think uh, some of us also kind of shy away from being too sure of giving those recommendations because on the client side it's also important to understand that it's all eventually net net always in flux right so you plan you do it with the best of intent it works 90% of the time it works but there are no guarantees hmm. no i think uh, no guarantee especially when you outsource and you pay for something it's a uh, uh, you have to remind yourself because otherwise it's it's honestly unfair right um, yeah, the way yeah. we uh you know yesterday i saw uh, some brand uh, i think out of sheer frustration they put out a reel saying that we don't know what to do anymore right which is yeah, yeah. we've done that song and that like literally it was uh, you know a brand manager it's a cute yeah, little video yeah. i think pp owl um i mean i get it it's part of a gimmick but uh, you know the social media manager saying listen i'm singing and dancing because finally apparently that's all that works. that's what works right and i and i think we all resonate so much with it sleepy owl is a good brand to kind of you know draw from and uh, follow on instagram because they do seem to be doing some very cool stuff for sure yeah yeah so this is helping a lot uh, and you know i think um, um the the other thing is you know what a lot of people are talking about that the content piece itself has become a little easier right now hasita i mean you don't have to write it yourself yeah 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 i mean you have ai tools to do the job for you but uh, my one of my favorite things to say and i i said it myself so i it's a self quote in that sense is is that you know an ai uh, chatbot or a copywriter is essentially uh writing in the same tonality and style as a very generic writer that you're paying uh, very badly <laughs> so <laughs> i said it very nicely for the in, in the interest of the podcast but yeah something <laughs> something on those lines right like ai 
is turning out generic stuff because we have turned out generic stuff for a very long time. And perhaps my suspicion is that the model has been trained on all the generic stuff that we've been putting out there. So watch your backs. I think the days of generic content are really, really coming to an end for sure. Yeah. No, that was uh, genuinely my experience last night as I was fooling around on on uh, chat GPT where uh, I put in uh, a kind of a title and it had the name of uh, my podcast and the uh, chat GPT said, hey, listen, I can't search the internet. I don't know what happened after 2021. Um, <laughs> right? And I'm thinking that so much of what the writing that I need for uh, my business it has to be topical. It has to be about what's happening today. And it has to have references to what's happening today in the business and uh, workplace. So how can an AI one, you know, my voice, my tone, um, there's a certain uh, style that has now, you know, become very, it's constant. It's it's that that's how I'm going to sound and that's how I'm going to write and put my thoughts out there. Um, the AI won't capture that because like you said, it has to take a general tone. Um, and if and if it's telling me that, you know, I'm not searching the internet, then it can't give me that, uh, you know, stupid thing Musk did today reference or, you know, something that happened at Bharat Pay or whatever, right? Like th that stuff just won't be there. True, because the model is going to be trained in cycles, right? And there lies your answer to is SEO dead? Uh, I think we, we can all answer. It's, it's not going to be a sudden death, right? At least that much is something that we can be sure of. So honestly, if your plan so far and your results so far have come from being dependent on SEO, then now is not the time to sacrifice that just because an AI tool has entered the market, right? It's still going to be gradual change. It's going to happen over a period of time. And it, what you said about voice is so true. I think more and more we are going to be seeking those authentic voices, Right. We want to hear what Subha thinks about, you know, uh, layoffs, for example. Right. We don't want to see five tips on how to avoid a layoff. I think that's the point. So, say for example, if your keyword again, kind of going back to a more generic topic, is time management tips. Right. You can't do 10 proven ways to manage your time. I think those days are finally behind us and thank God for it. Uh, now you have to get a little more intentional, right? So you have to get a little more creative in terms of saying uh, the seven people in the world who've managed the time, their time the best and what you can learn from them. That's still, I would say, slightly more generic, right? Uh, say, for example, how do you run theme parks and produce movies at the same time? Bob Iger's time management techniques, right? So what it's doing is it's pushing you to think also and research and really get to know the subject that you're kind of trying to uh, talk about. Uh, and yes, can writers do this? Can you outsource this process? 100% you can, uh, assuming again, that you brief them correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it all, knowing that this is your audience now, right? Like I'm sure there is an audience for seven time management hacks. Not to say that there isn't, but is that your audience now? Because you have kind of, grown that group to a space where like you said they need something more researched more nuanced more in depth yeah and not just that right it's also say i put out the seven or ten or how many ever proven time management techniques 
आई एम कम्पीटिंग अगेंस्ट एवरी वन एल्स हुईटिंग अबाउट द सेम थिंग and that's my real loss right because suddenly i am just another voice in an extremely crowded market versus somebody being able to think and that's the whole trust that you know uh, periods of you know recession and any kind of you know business uh, outlook that's not looking too great people come back to things they trust people come back to brands they trust because it doesn't place a cognitive load on them to decide right because in my mind i'm already deciding to like this brand so that's the real focus now it's not so much about hey can i compete out compete somebody by writing 20 tips right it's more about can i become that trustworthy voice in my industry and i know that it's going to take time today it will be 10 people tomorrow it will be 20 people it's definitely something you know that a lot of our tools are not built for visibility into brand building so to speak right so i'll have to find alternative means get creative about it but i would see that as a more sustainable way of setting yourself up than to just do something to meet you know uh, or rather i would say in a doggy dog world you don't compete like that right yeah, tends to think about tends for page 1 of my new planner for sure <laughs> i'm excited about that <laughs> uh, yeah so looking forward to working with you on uh, getting my marketing calendar looking quite snazzy for the next year thank you I always appreciate it and I love some snazziness. <laughs> and I'll send you a planner. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, it's time for the much awaited topic ad. Subha, now that 2022 has come and gone, uh, some semblance of a normalish year if we could call it that, which brand do you think took the biggest beating? Ooh, and I think you know where I'm headed. because uh, you know this big family has uh, really been in my headspace more than even they would like to be yeah. they definitely don't like to be is the message that we are taking away in any case yeah yeah no i think uh, you know in terms of years they've had quite a tough one um with the with the matriarch passing and with betens being passed and with people actually leaving the family um even their title i'm still a little kind of i'm figuring that out cheesed but uh, you know if you can't figure it out then i'm i'm really you know my mind is on the royal family true and i think subha you and i have had the same christmas binge because we are fresh off of harry and megan uh and their story and i mean fair point like it's completely okay for them to tell their story however they see it but it's quite interesting right because it is a brand uh, whether we recognize it that way or not and it's a brand that is very emotionally significant to a certain segment of you know population in the world and it is a brand that has changed so much in the last maybe couple of years coming really to a pivotal moment in 2022 with the passing of a lady who stood for the legacy so now kind of comes the question of if the person who was representing all that legacy doesn't exist anymore and we are kind of you know told that prince charles has always or king charles now has always been somebody who's advocated for modernizing the royal family and who's kind of been on the forefront of all of that are they relevant today and if so how it's going to be a tough uh, i mean see for, for king charles definitely extremely tough act to follow right um, you know 
all said yeah. and done like uh, the the life that she has led in service you, you, there's just no way you can overlook that or uh, you know and all said and done the the image or the persona that exists today of uh, uh, king charles or brand king charles is not so great right for many reasons um, you know and i mean as a coach i mean i i get it like i mean there are a lot of reasons why it's not his fault or uh, you know we watched the crown enough to know that his childhood wasn't easy either etc but all said and done he is representing the brand today and and has got a pretty heavy load on his shoulders and then you have the youngsters who are uh, pulling in very different directions what was with the villain christmas card right i mean they were casual it was quite nice and that's what i think it's it's interesting to notice that a lot of these brands so to speak have to cater not so much to you and me right we are i think we are fairly committed to the idea of watching another five seasons of the crown if it gets made uh, and god knows we'll tune into the weddings of all of their children as well uh, you know all of that will continue to pan out uh, but they are bringing up some interesting conversations around race around identity around who we are in this world right and whether there is such a thing as too much public scrutiny right and these conversations are relevant to whom if you think about it it's not so much us right because we formed our opinions and we are more silent spectators at this point it's more our children who have to continue to believe in the british royal family right because prince william will one day become king william and their children will grow up and there'll be a whole succession that happens over there and it has to continue to stand the test of time and the one thing that queen elizabeth was able to do was to keep it relevant for 80 years right it was one person it was easy to look up to her and now they all have to kind of say hey now who am i going to be to these youngsters to these people who are going to be adults tomorrow right and that's where really a brand kind of stands to be relevant and this is also something that i say to businesses big and small that you don't become big by catering to the audience of today alone right you become really significant by catering to the audience of tomorrow and are you really thinking about that is your tone of voice is your you know even your thought process frankly catering to those people and uh, you know when you said that you know the the audience of tomorrow i think uh, maybe that's why we don't get it and that's why some of these um, things are doing so well like you know the, the korean dramas or certain influencers and certain youtube channels um, we we don't easily admit that it's not for us and so uh, it's targeting a very different audience the audience of tomorrow and making significant inroads that's true and especially if you're a consumer brand you'll see it more suddenly you'll see it more faster right because you have to sell and the only way to know whether you're impacting somebody is by making that sale but i think even b2b companies sometimes we forget that the employees that are being hired by my client company are very young people who have their own preferences who are living a very different life from what maybe i lived uh, all of all those years ago and that's why you want to a yes you know by all means if there is a timeless component to your brand 
uh, latch on to it, do not let it go. But at the same time, also stay flexible enough because I myself, right, like today we are advocating for founder brands, yes, but also leader brands. We're saying if you're a, you know, CXO, if you're a senior manager, build your personal brand on LinkedIn and start as soon as possible. Uh, but also remember to stay flexible because you never know how the world is going to change. You may go to a different company tomorrow. You may end up hiring and working with people who are very different from your generational, uh, you know, relevance tomorrow. So whatever you build, I think also to maintain that flexibility. Uh, my granddad used to say that the tree that survives a storm is one that is flexible enough to bend. Right. And I think that's true for brands as well. So if you're going to stand the test of time uh, in tough, you know, markets, then I think having that little uh, leeway to be able to move your branches around a little bit, I would say is very important. No, no, very true. I think uh, your point taken on uh, leaders, because you're high, you know, the, the folks that you're going to hire, uh, the, you know, the employee of tomorrow, so to speak, uh, they have so companies and so many brands to choose from and uh, it's going to be a choice at some point between something that they've heard of know of and uh, they identify with that brand versus you may be the greatest leader of our times but if no one has heard of you then that young new hire is going to make a different choice so true exactly Yes, from royal family to our own families and jobs in the future I think that's a good wrap <laughs> For sure. And we wish you all a very, very happy 2023. We hope this turns into an amazing year for all of your marketing adventures. If you've already been doing something, may it all come to fruition right now and may it show you proof in more ways than one. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and we look forward to producing more and more in this new year. <laughs> Bye.